just standing, why don't you just uh, remain in that place of worship? And Roger's going to play quiet in the background. I know we often come to church and we've got so much in our hearts and our minds, we're probably distracted with what we're going to do tomorrow, maybe difficulties at home, things that are filling our minds. But in this moment, just in the quiet of your own heart, why don't you bring a prayer before the Lord and ask Him to speak to you tonight, to encourage you, to help you to focus on Him in these few moments we have together tonight. Just enjoy a moment of quiet. Father, I do thank you and praise you for the opportunity we have as your people to gather together, to encourage one another, to worship your name. And I thank you for those songs we've just sung. Thank you for that truth that the debt is paid. Lord, I pray for anyone who here is feeling condemned that that's not true, for whom the guilt of their sin is burning them. I pray that you'd release them from that. The debt has been paid because of the truth of that last song, that you reign that you are the glorious King and we are here to worship you tonight. So Heavenly Father, I pray for each one of us as we come together tonight that we would put out of our minds all that's distracting us, that we would truly believe and have confidence in our hearts that the debt is paid if we're trusting in the blood of Jesus. That we have complete confidence that you do reign, that means you're King and you're our King. Please would you meet with us tonight and May we be encouraged, built up, may we encourage one another and please send us out from here to serve you in the week ahead. And we pray this in your precious name of Jesus. Amen. Please do take a seat. Well, can I uh, welcome you here? It's just slightly odd welcoming all of you because I'm probably the newest person here. Um, if you haven't had a chance um, to meet, uh, my name is Mark um, and this is my wife, Steph. Um, we got married about a month ago. Uh, we just moved to the village, and um, if you haven't figured out yet, I'm your new assistant pastor. Uh, I hope that's okay. Um, I'm not intending to leave quite yet, so um, we're really looking forward to getting to know you. Um, we're still in a sort of state of semi-chaos and trying to figure out where we are, but um, thank you for your welcome, and we're really pleased to be here. And we hope and pray that we can be a blessing and encouragement um, to each of you over the coming uh, days and, and months and years. Uh, as you know, in the evenings, um, through the summer when a lot of people are away, we're having a kind of slightly different... Um, pattern and really want to have some time when we can focus on more of a devotional spirit, um, just a shorter sort of teaching from the Bible and then trying to give a bit more of our time in the evenings over to prayer. Now if you're here this morning, uh, Neil helpfully reminded us that as a church we really want to be dependent on God in prayer and that these evenings through the summer are a great opportunity to put in place really good building blocks for the year ahead and wanting to be a prayerful people um, and uh, the passage we've got tonight I hope will really encourage us uh, with that. Uh, so with that in mind, um, we're going to have a passage read to us. I'm just going to share a sort of little devotional thought for a few moments on it. And off the back of that, we'll have some things we can pray uh, for as a church. So do um, turn up in your Bibles if you have one. 
Uh, we're continuing a little a series in Psalm 119. A great psalm, the longest psalm in the Bible, and uh, uh, it's a fantastic little passage we're looking at today. Thank you, it's going to uh, be read to us now. So we're in Psalm 119, and we're just reading verses 49 to 56. So Psalm 119 and verse 49. Remember your words, your servant, for you have given me hope. My comfort in my suffering is this, your promise preserves my life. The arrogant mock me without restraint, but I don't turn from your law. And remember your ancient laws, O Lord, and I find comfort in them. Indignation grips me because of the wicked who have forsaken your law. Your decrees are the theme of my song wherever I lodge. In the night I remember your name, O Lord, and I will keep your law. This has been my practice. I obey your precepts. Should we pray as we come to uh, look at our passage together? <coughs> Heavenly Father, this is indeed an amazing psalm, uh, but so often our hearts aren't in line with the heart of the person who wrote these psalms that we find it hard to sing these songs, we find it hard to believe them, and we find the realities of them hard in our lives. So please, will you be our teacher now by your Spirit? Please encourage us with this passage of Scripture, and as we prayed earlier, send us out from here to serve you in the week ahead. Amen. Amen. Do you remember, um, if you were here last week, Alan um, took us through a little bit from the earlier part of Psalm 119 and do you remember he kind of helpfully encouraged us that uh, when the Psalms were originally written and then read and prayed, God's people didn't have a completed Bible in their pocket. They didn't have an iPhone with all the apps on where they can just have the Bible readily accessible. Um, to write down words in those, that, that age and that period was very expensive and very time consuming, no printing press. And so what he reminded us of last week is that one of the things, particularly the Psalms, is that they're not just there to be um, kind of examined and studied, but they're, they're songs that are meant to be learned, that they're meant to be impressed on our hearts so that we can sing them. I sometimes think that's part of the problem we sometimes have in church when we have the words up on the screen, is we can kind of just zone out because they're there and we just read them and we sing them. But for the people of old and God's people of Israel, uh, his words would have been written on their hearts and these are songs they would have sung as they went about their daily lives they would have sung these songs in their homes uh, these truths would have been really real to them uh, and I hope and pray as we come to look at the next little bit of Psalm 119 uh, we will feel in our hearts that we can kind of sing this little bit of scripture because this isn't just information this is meant to change our hearts uh, if you read through Psalm 119 it's really clear that the writer really, really delights in God's Word. He loves God's Word. Uh, throughout the psalm, he describes God's Word as like a treasure. Uh, a bit like Seth's engagement ring. Really, really, really special. <laughs> and you want to treasure it really carefully because it matters so much. Uh, the writer describes this God's Word as something that nourishes and sustains, like the food that we're going to go home and eat tonight. Uh, the writer talks about God's Word being like an anchor that holds us secure in all of the ups and downs of life. And as the psalmist sings, he, he really is delighting in the Word of God. Let me ask you tonight, and please just answer it in your own head and quietly. Don't give me the answer that you know you should give. 
all the answers that you would like to give but just be really honest with yourself uh, right now do you delight in the word of God? do you delight in the word of God? I don't say that to beat yourself up if you're not delighting the word of God I hope this psalm will encourage us but there's a question to think about through this evening and into the week ahead do you delight in the word of God? because the problem is if you're a bit like me most of the time I often don't delight in the word of God and then I read a psalm like this where someone is and I guess there's one of two reactions either I think well I'm just a rubbish Christian then here's a writer who delights in the word of God and I don't I'm a rubbish Christian or you think well the word of God is not relevant to me because it's not really connecting with my heart and I don't delight in it because I don't think it can really help me right now so we kind of just leave it to one side it was written a long time ago and it doesn't really resonate with my heart and maybe there'll be something else that will be better for me to read to delight in I wonder if that's ever your experience uh, if I'm honest uh, I've been struggling this week it's, a, it's been such a massive change and stuff for me and coming here everything's new and trying to take on board being married um, trying to take on board this whole new place all the challenges it's been a tough week and there have been moments this week when I know I've taken my eyes off the Lord and I know if I'm honest I've not delighted in his words now there could be all sorts of reasons in life why you don't delight in the word of God but here's one I'm just going to focus on this one idea tonight sometimes you don't delight in the word of God because you've forgotten what it is sometimes we don't delight in the word of God because we've forgotten what it is now that might seem the most ridiculous simple thing in the world you might be thinking who's this bloke you've employed who's just going to tell me something that's really obvious but actually that's quite profound because we often do forget what the word of God is and that's why we don't delight in it that's why we don't come to it with great joy like this psalmist when I read the psalms one of the reasons I love them is because the psalmists are really real you see in this psalm the psalmist is struggling he's prepared to admit in verse 50 my suffering he's struggling with life and you see verse 51 we get a bit of a clue as to why he's struggling he, he's talking about being alone he's all alone and, and he feels like perhaps the people around him aren't going the way he's going they're not seeking the Lord they don't seem to be delighting in the word of God and he feels pretty abandoned and look at what the knock on is verse 55 this man is sleepless have you ever been sleepless? You can't sleep. It's horrible. You see what he says? In the night, I remember your name. Well, he wouldn't be remembering the name of the Lord in the night if he was sleeping. But his anxiety and the struggles he's going through means he's lying awake at night. Life's tough for this writer. Life, life can be tough for you and for me. But you see as well, his real resolve to delight in the Word of God. If you just flip through the psalm, do you see here? Your promise preserves my life. I remember your ancient laws. Your decrees are the theme of my song. In the night I remember your name. This has been my practice to obey your precepts. Here's someone who's resolved to keep trusting in the word of God, to delight in the word of God. But we're back to our problem again, aren't we? Is that you? Because if it's not you, again, you might be thinking, well, am I a rubbish Christian then? I can't sing this song with the writer. Or do you think, well, the word of God's not relevant to me. It doesn't connect with my heart. So I'm just going to disregard it. But again, maybe the problem is you've forgotten what the word of God is. 
So look how he goes on in verse 50. At the beginning of this little bit, he says, My comfort in my suffering is this. Your promise preserves my life. Now, the Bible's full of promises, isn't it? In one sense, the Bible is one promise. In another sense, God makes loads of promises. And perhaps there's a particular promise he has made that is real to you and comforts you and encourages you. But ultimately here, the promise is a reference to the covenant, which is a massive promise that God made to his people. To basically tell them who he is and who they are, and to help them to see his commitment to them. God is an amazing God who is so completely and utterly committed to you and me, and he wants his people to know that. So he gave them a covenant, which is kind of like a promise, signed by blood, that says, I will not break this promise because this is how committed I am to you. Now the promise was first kind of formal, formalised with Abraham in Genesis chapter 12, and you probably know the passage. Some people describe it as people, land and blessing. God says, you will be my people, you are special to me, and I will give you a land, a place to live, a place of security, and I will bless you. People, land and blessing. Well that's the promise, but again, for you and me, do you ever feel like, well, there's a problem because I don't really feel any comfort from that promise. God, you said I will be, you will be my people. Well, I feel really isolated as a Christian. In my workplace, I'm the only one. In my family. I don't really feel like I belong to you. Or you promised me this great land, this place of security, and I look in my, out of the world and it's just so broken. I mean, you watch the news this week. It's just story after story of brokenness, isn't it? And you say, God, what... what happened to your promise of us being in this great land of security, the world's broken and heaven seems so far away I just can't grasp it, I can't get my head around it it doesn't seem real to me and then you remember the promise I will bless you and you just say look if I'm honest I don't really feel blessed right now life's just tough and I can't see how I can get out of it God made you great promises but they're not connecting with our hearts we say well am I a rubbish Christian then? Or other promises not true. But again, perhaps the problem is we've forgotten what the Word of God is. And that's what the little bit of this psalm helps us to see. Just have a look down to verse 55, because this is really where the clue that unlocks this passage comes. Verse 55. Why is it that the psalmist can find comfort in the promise of God? Because in the night, Verse 55, I remember your name, O Lord. Do you know God's got loads of different names? And the different names that God has tell us a bit more about his character and the way that he relates to us. But perhaps the most significant name that God has is Yahweh. And in the Bible, when you see the word O Lord written in capitals, that's the translation from that Hebrew word Yahweh. And it's really the covenant name of God. It's the big name of God that says, I am who I am. I am Lord. And I'm the God who's made a promise to my people because I love you. So how is it this psalmist who's prepared to be honest with us and say, you know, I'm really struggling in life. How is it that he's able to find comfort in the middle of the night? It's because he remembers the name of God. He finds comfort in the promises of God because of who God is. Just think about this for a moment. Um, have you ever had a promise made to you that's been broken? 
people are smiling, so I imagine it happens. Uh, it might be something really trivial. Perhaps when you were a young boy, your dad promised you that he would be home from work to kick a football with you in the park. And then he never came home. Work just got on top of him. And you were a young boy and you wanted to play football with your dad. He didn't turn up. He broke a promise and you gutted. Maybe uh, you made a promise to your wife. I promise you I'll be more patient at home this week. And you meant the promise, but then two hours later you just snapped. And you feel gutted and she was hurt. Or have you ever been on the receiving end of a broken promise? It's horrible, isn't it? We must never ever make the mistake of comparing the promises we make to each other, even though they may be well-meaning, with the promises that God makes. Because however much I might mean a promise, I'm a human being that makes mistakes. I'm a human being who has not got all the power, who can't see everything. So I can make promises, but they won't always be kept. That is completely different to the promises that God makes. Just think about that for a moment. God knows everything. Have you ever stopped to realise that God can't learn anything? Can't learn anything. Imagine if you were at school and you think, I'd love to be in that position where I didn't learn anything, I know it all. God does know it all. There's nothing he can learn. God also has infinite power, which means there's nothing he cannot do. God also can see everything all the time, right now and for the whole future. He knows exactly what's happening. So when he makes a promise, it's not a promise that he hopes to keep. It's a promise that he has to keep and will keep because he sees everything. So can you see why the promises that we make one another and the promises that God makes his people are completely different? And that is what gives comfort to this psalmist who writes this psalm in his moment of brokenness. Verse 50, my comfort is this, your promise preserves my life. And then verse 55, in the night I remember your name. So here's a really significant thing. The person of God, his character, his nature, who he is, can't be separated from the promises of God. Because they're one. And that's why when God makes promises, you can be completely and utterly confident that he will follow through on his promises because God is not like you and me. He's not fallible. He doesn't make mistakes. He knows everything. And that's why the psalmist can say in verse 50, I find comfort in the promises of God. It's why he can say in verse 52, I find comfort in the word of God. Don't you notice as we read through, the psalmist doesn't just think there's there's lots of different words in here that kind of describe the word of God. You've got law, precepts, decrees. They're different words that mean kind of the same thing. But he doesn't talk about them being just out there. You know, laws that were written down some year ago and I'll trust them. Do you notice every time he describes a law, a precept, a decree, the word your comes before it? Because the psalmist knows that when God speaks, it's his decrees, it's his laws. It's his commands that he's graciously given us because he loves us. That is very significant because they're not just ideas out there but they're direct commands and words of encouragement from a loving God who speaks them into your, your life and into my life. So here's the thought I want to leave you with. Perhaps you've come here and if you're honest in your heart when I ask you that rhetorical question 
you know that you've not been delighting in the Word of God. So it's not been your anchor holding you secure, it's not been the thing that's been nourishing you and feeding you, uh, it's not been your treasure, like the expensive ring. If that's you, just know this, when you turn to the Word of God, you're actually turning to God Himself. When you cling to the promises of God, you're actually clinging to God himself. That's exactly what this psalmist taught us. I find comfort in your promises, and in the night I remember your name. The promises of God and the person of God are one. It's amazing, I think, that when you read the scriptures, these were words that were written all those years ago, and in that moment they encouraged the person who wrote them, and God's people as they read these psalms and as they sung these psalms and learned these psalms but God in his sovereignty knew that when the words of the Bible were written he oversaw every word that was written it's, it's what's called the inspiration of scripture if you, if you get very confused by how that works but how, how the Bible is written by human beings but God's also the author I'd love to come and chat with you and encourage you and I'm trying to explain it but it's an amazing truth which basically means that when God oversaw the words that were written here he knew that tonight we'd be reading this passage. And he knew that tonight these words would be encouraging your heart as his spirit speaks into your life. And that is a staggering thought, because these aren't just dry words written all those years ago that in some way maybe might help us. But this is the way that God, who loves us, has said, I want to speak truth into your life. I want to encourage you. That's why you can delight in his words. So, just uh, flip forward to verse 73, it's not in our passage. This is something I thought of this week. The writer reflected on God's character and said, Your hands made me and formed me. But I don't just read that and think, well that's a nice truth, the writer can say that God made him. God also uses those words this week to say to me, Mark, be encouraged that my hand made you, Mark. I made you. And I love you. And it's in that way that God uses his word to speak directly into our life. It was relevant to the people then, and it continues to be relevant to the people today. So let me just uh, finish by asking that question. Do you delight in the word of God? And if that's not been true for you this week, don't go home feeling discouraged, well I'm just a rubbish Christian then. And don't go home thinking, well the word of God isn't relevant in my life because it's not connecting with me. But can I encourage you to be encouraged by this psalmist who was living life and he was struggling but he took the promises of God and he remembered the person of God and he held those things together and that is what gave him comfort in the night and that's what will give us comfort in all the struggles of this week and in the days ahead why don't you just take a moment of quiet and just to read through that psalm, there's tons in it, there's tons more that could have been said, but there's just that one thought I want you to take away. Just take a moment to read through that psalm again. What is it that God has been putting on your heart? Perhaps to encourage one another, we can um, just have a, a little time of open prayer um, where we can just respond to God. Uh, what's he encouraged you with tonight? What's he taught you for the first time? Perhaps what he's reminded you of? 
Um, I'm just going to come around with this little mic here. Um, if you've got a loud voice, then just stand up and, and pray. If you feel this would be helpful, I can give it to you. But let's just pray some prayers of thanks, reflecting on some of the truths in this psalm to encourage one another. Um, and I, I will bring us to close in a moment. If you want the mic, and I'll bring it over. Father, it's a great encouragement that uh, you know me better than I know myself. Often the Lord I do things and think things and say things which I don't really mean. Not the Lord I don't know why I do. So just thank you, Lord, that uh, you see into my heart. You know my intentions, you say misunderstood. Mm. You know, Lord, sometimes I want to praise you, but I don't feel capable. That is in your holy name. Well, we live in a world which has, in many ways, forsaken your law, a world which follows its own laws, and uh, which mocks those who would hold to your law and hold to you. And Lord, that is uh, undermining, in many ways, of our own trust in you. So we do take great comfort that the relationship that we have with you, the knowledge we have of you already holds us in great stead. Lord, we thank you that we can trust in you, that your promises are reliable, they are trustworthy because of who you are. And we think of those we know, I just think of the, to the party I was at last night with people questioning why the faith we hold is true. Why other religions can't be true as well. Does it really matter who we put our trust in? Lord, we thank you that it does matter, that you've shown us that it matters, and you are the one who can give us life, and we thank you for the life we have in you. In Jesus' name. Amen. And Lord, we just want to thank you for your word to us. We thank you, Lord, for what you've revealed to us and that all that the name Lord means. We thank you, Lord, that you reveal to us, Lord, that you know everything, that nothing is hidden from your sight, that you know the future, you know the past, you ordain everything that happens. And Lord, with that knowledge, Lord, we can only worship and bow down and magnify your holy name. Lord, we worship you for you are holy. But Lord, we are unclean. And Lord, we confess oftentimes we prefer the darkness rather than come into the light. For Lord, our deeds are evil. And we ask you, Lord, to forgive us. We thank you that, Lord, every time we come to the cross, we are forgiven. And Lord, we thank you that, Lord, our lives are safe with you, secure forever. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Lord, um, I just thank you that in um, times of weakness, when we're not strong enough to hold on to you and trust in your plan. 
that um, you are strong enough to hold on to us and that we just need to recognize that you are God and you you have the plan and uh, our own plans aren't necessarily the right ones and that we shouldn't try and use you in that way or place our own agendas above your thoughts but just recognize that you are sovereign and that you are in uh, full wisdom and control of all situations, Lord God. Thank you. I want to thank you, Lord, that you showed me today from your word that your kingdom cannot be shaken. And when you hear every day about these earthly kingdoms that are shaken and in turmoil and the terrifying news, it's just such a comfort to know that your kingdom can never be shaken and that you're in charge. I just thank you, Lord, for that comforting message. Amen. Heavenly Father, we do uh, thank you and praise you for the reminder that we've been able to have tonight that when we read your word, we are getting to know you better. When we cling to your promises, we're growing in a relationship with you. Thank you, Father, that the words that you speak and your character cannot be separated. Thank you that we can fully depend on you. And we just thank you for what is really the most staggering truth that the God of the universe would want to communicate with us would want to speak to us thank you that you haven't left us groping around in the darkness to guess what you're like you haven't left us to guess how we can please you but you have spoken to us we thank you for the precious scriptures that we have and we particularly are conscious that so many people in the world don't have access to a Bible and perhaps we've got five or six copies gathering dust in our homes people would literally die to have a copy of your word in their hands help us to treasure that great gift that you have given us and I pray for your spirit Lord because we can't understand your scriptures without your spirit working thank you that you too have given us the great gift of your Holy Spirit who lives in us if we are trusting in you I pray this week that maybe if, if we're honest we haven't delighted in your word that we would pick up our Bible again and that we would pray that your spirit would breathe life into us that you would teach us Thank you so much that this psalmist was struggling and he was prepared to be honest, but he found great comfort in your promises and in your name. And I pray that that would be true for each of us today. Amen. Praise, let me pray for us all. Lord, that is our prayer, that we would stand on every promise of your word. I pray this week, Lord, when we attempted to doubt you or doubt the situations that we're faced with, I pray that that would be true for us, that we would stand on the promises of your word that we would cling to your promises, that we would trust the words that you have spoken. But just this week, Lord, help us to remember why we do that. We cling to your promises, we trust your word, because they're your words, and in your love you have spoken them to us. Amen. Amen. So can I encourage us though, um, do keep talking about the things that we've been thinking of tonight. Um, do come and have a chat if you've got something you want to think about more or if you're confused about. And let's keep encouraging each other and perhaps through this week if you bump into one another in the streets or uh, in your homes, um, encourage one another with how you're doing um, in regards to what we've been thinking of tonight. Just say to a friend, have you been standing on the promises of God's word this week? Uh, it'd be great just to keep praying for each other and let these truths impact us all through the week. 
Um, but I pray you have a blessed week and uh, look forward to seeing you next time.